Greetings, greetings, greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Look, we just want to share our manner with you on today. God richly blessed us with this sermon entitled, What Are You Doing Here? It was so rich for us and such a blessing for us that we pray that you are nurtured and nourished as God did for us with this lesson. God bless you. Father God, we thank you for the rainbow word, Father God. 
We thank you for the rain of word, Father God, that's going to go forth today. And as we come up and we sing, God, Father, I pray that our, our voices go straight from our mouth to your ears, Father God, because praise is for you. It's for nobody else, Father God. So even if it's not appealing to anybody else's ears, Father God, because you gave us these voices, we know it sounds good to you. And Lord, we just thank you, Father. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We thank you for this place of worship. We thank you for our pastors. I thank you for everybody in the place under the sound of my voice. I thank you for the members that are not here on today, Father God. Be with them wherever they are. Uh, we got some that are on vacation. Miss Beverly in Idaho Falls, Father. But the thing about you is your omnipresent. So even when you're here, you can be there at the same time, Father. You know the needs that they have, God. So please go and, and, and take care of them, Father God. Tomorrow, see about your children, Father God. See about your children, Father God. God, I thank you, Father. I thank you when I love you. I thank you when I love you. When I say I love you, God, I mean I love you for real. When I say I love you, I mean that. Even if you don't go God, I still love you. When I say I love you, Father, even when I can't see it, I still love you. When I say I love you, God, even if I don't get anything in return according to what I think it should be, Father, I still love you, God. I love you for real. I love you for real. I love you for real. And because I love you for real, God, I praise you for real. And I worship you for real. I don't come into your place, God, and I don't pray. I may not jump up and down and cry and shout and roll on the floor like other people do, but God, you see my heart and you know my inside. And you know, God, that I thank you for real. I thank you, Father. I thank you, God. Come into this place. Come into this place, God. Come into this place, God, and you have your way. You do what you want to do, Father God. I surrender, God. We surrender, and we give you, we give you what you've given us, Father. You've given us the ability to move and, and to do whatever it is we want to do. So, God, we just take this moment, God, to just, to just be a servant unto you, Father. We take this moment to just be servants unto you, Father God. I often wonder why when we see celebrities or, or whenever we see people that are famous, we, we, we do things like rolling out the red carpet or, or we, we cry and we want to take pictures. But when we come into the house of the Lord, we treat you so casually, God. We treat you so casually. We, we, we act like we're not in the presence of the Creator, Father God. And we don't roll out the red carpet and, and, and fall on our knees and, and cry like we do flesh, God. So on this day, on this day, Father, we roll out the red carpet for you, God. We roll out the red carpet for you, God. You are the celebrity, the only one that I want to have to God. Because you have your way, Father. You have your way. God, we thank you for allowing us to be in this sanctuary, God. And we pray that, that you get that you get glory out of this service today, Father God. Use our temples. Use our voices. Use our pastors, God. We just thank you, Father. We thank you and we love you. 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 In your son Jesus' name. In your son Jesus' name, we pray, amen.
this time we're going to open the floor for testimony. Good morning. I want to thank God for His grace and mercy, yes. His love. 
I'm so blessed to be here with my church family and my wife and daughter. You know, God has been good to all of us. He has filled me. He has a lot of us in this house. I just thank him for allowing us to be up here to honor him, give him glory and praise. God is so good.
So when we finally got all of our grades, of my grades, I looked at my mom, I was like, this is not what my grades be, this is not what my grades supposed to be. But instead of cheating me out of one class, they cheated me out of about three classes. And we called the school, we were like, hey, I know I did this work, this grade is not supposed to be that grade. And as we called my counselor, um, the dean, it was like they were getting a, a joy out of hearing me upset. And I was oddly upset. You could hear, you can hear my voice breaking over the phone. And it was upsetting to my mom because as I was on the phone with my counselor, I couldn't take anymore when she was talking and listing off my grades, I just hung up. And she did not call she did not call him back. She could hear I was upset over the phone and she had not gotten in contact with me since that conversation. But God, but God, we went to see the dean. And what she didn't know is I didn't do it exactly the way mama told me to, so I'm gonna take that fault. But what she didn't know is that throughout the whole semester, I was taking pictures of assignments and grades. So when she said, oh, well, this grade is very low, I can see, and this is a chunk of your, this is a chunk of your, um, your overall grade, this is like 30%, so it really did bump down your grade. I pulled up the phone, I said, well, what I see on my canvas is that this grade is very, is higher, like really higher. They cheated me out of 28 points, and that took 30% of my grade. And she, she had, she had sunglasses on, she took her sunglasses off, put her real glasses on, and sat back. She was like, huh, because she didn't expect me to have all of that. And she even tried to say, I didn't have an assignment completed in a class that I love, a writing class that I love. And I went straight to my Google Docs. I said, well, here's the assignment. I did it, and I sent it. And we got in contact with that professor. That professor said, well, there's nothing that I can really do but God. A few minutes later, I got an email from him saying, resubmit the document, I'll grade it. He graded it, I passed that class. But God. Uh, they were, as I was going into the dean's office to have this investigation for this situation done, the dean, she, it was like she was getting a joy out of it. She was just like, well, we saw these grades and we're going to have to disqualify you from vice presidency. I went in there with a smile, and she asked me, she said, are you okay? I said, I'm good. I'm good. I'm real good. And I told her, and I had to prove it, and I was like, we've been trying to email for you for the past month, month few weeks, month. And, I, and she was like, well, what were you emailing me about? I said, I want to step down from vice presidency. And she was like, oh. And she, and she was like, why? I said, I'm not going to advocate for a school that does me no justice. I'm not going to advocate for a school who doesn't advocate for me. I'm not gonna about to advocate for a school who does nothing for me and does nothing but put me in the dirt. And she was like, okay. And I walked, me and Mama walked out that building with a smile. You would have thought we won a million dollars. We were so happy. And it took, it took a lot, a lot out of me emotionally and physically because that night, we went to sleep, then wake up to the next morning. <laughs> but it took a lot out of me. It it was very emotional for me because 
knowing how hard I worked to get there, it was almost it was almost like the devil was trying to get me to doubt God from where from where he put me. But mama brought something to my attention. She said, This might be God. <laughs> what if this is God? Just just first she said, first it's humbling to you. It's humbling you. And she said, then God wants to show you that He can He can elevate you without all those things. And I was like, you're right. And something mama said to me, really pointed out to me after the situation, she said, I said what I needed to say, but she said, I guess this time around, it was your turn. All I had to do was just sit there. Because it was as if God was speaking through me. And I, I'm coming up here today and say, I'm a testimony. I'm happy. I'm light. I feel, I feel renewed. I have two amazing God here hands behind me. And we're gonna take this thing where God wants to take it. So I thank God. Y'all should be better than that. Now this is not the time that you just have to sing because I gotta get a few things to say. Myself. First of all, testimony service should be different. And I say that because some of you hadn't shared because you waited for the pretty picture to appear. Sometimes the testimony is that I'm still standing in the midst of my adversity. A lot of times we get phone calls, oftentimes people share things, and I'm like, oh, that's testimony. But when it comes time, because it's not so pretty, or because you didn't handle it in, in a way that'll make your, your story just look real good, you don't tell it. That's not what testimony is. See, when you go through and we see that our brothers and sisters in Christ, we, we struggle, this is a journey. You getting up saying, hey y'all, I went through, I didn't even do, do it the way I know God would have had me to do it but I'm still here and I'm still in it to win. That's testimony. It's, there's too much sitting down on the goodness of our Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. There's so much. I saw the faces and I was hearing what y'all were thinking when I was sitting there. Uh, what, what Dakota was displaying was integrity. Integrity uh, uh, let you not tolerates what the enemy tries to give you. And I, I had been seeing some things and I want her to be able to walk. Just like I encourage y'all, you know, counsel with your, your pastors and stuff, but it's a good shepherd's job to steer you from behind so you can see God for yourself, not just us. So I even her being a minor, we still have to speak on her behalf, but she still has a voice. And so we're learning to step back even more and just trust that we can steal the right things in her. And I understand what some of y'all say, well, why you step down? She's heard it, some of my clients and just people that celebrate it. It's called integrity. These titles and pe uh, positions got people jumping over all kind of ledges, cutting all kind of throats, stepping on all kind of necks, just to hold a position that you're not treated fairly in. When Dakota found out, she said that, that one of the perks of her where you'll get community service hours, like she's some kind of grandma. And Dakota said, no ma'am. 
She said, I've been getting community service hours since I was in the fifth grade. Keep your community service hours. And she said, well, what about the transfer scholarship? And, and what about the end of the semester money that you get for this position? I get none of that. But then you tell me that I have to stand in for this person if she's not here. By the way, she didn't even campaign for the position they came to her. And I've been watching patterns. No blacks ever get the position that give you the, the, the benefits. You get the positions that give you the work. Some of y'all need to step down. I, I'm a supervisor. That don't mean that you're getting treated any better. You just got the title. They tried to get Pastor Jimmy a supervisor position a few years ago, and I said, I want you to pray about that thing. And then he came back to me. He said, I'm so glad I didn't take it. He said, because you, you don't get paid for your overtime. He said, when you get that salary cap. He said, but you got to be there when there ain't nobody else there. And it was a, 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 a strategy that the enemy was going to try to use to pull him away from the church. Because he had to be there Monday through Sunday. Well, he's a pastor. And I said, you got to trust God. And he did the math. He said, I make more money where I am anyway. And I get to come and go as I please. It's a form of control. So I just want us to rethink this stuff. And he said, don't, for us not to conform to the patterns of the world. I turned around and all y'all witnessed. And I don't know sometimes why I say what I say. But I told Dakota before we knew what they were doing in stone. I said, God said he can bless you right where you are. Y'all remember that? We didn't know any of this was going on. But in closing about Jones, because that ain't going to be about the whole service. At the, anywhere we're going to be and step our foot and anywhere y'all invite us to come pray, the first thing we're going to go do is plead the blood of Jesus. And I went to the president's house that's on campus. And I went all over Jones College. And I said, God, it's some blood on this campus. And they did doing folk dirty for a long time. I said, God, expose it. I didn't know my daughter had to go through what she had to do, but go through. But that is exposure. That's God doing exactly what we, we asked him to do. And then the Lord said even more than that, because some of y'all went to Jones. He said, y'all better think back, because this is a governmental. They've been fried in the government. Because what they do is where they find out financial aid is being received and stuff. They're making you repeat classes. They drop you your scores. You better watch every little thing and stop trusting man. And they make it, they line in their pockets. This is bigger than Dakota. But this is all God. We bless God. And we're going to do better about testimony. We bless God. Anybody glad about this? Who he is? Yeah. He's amazing. And I just expected more testimony, Sister Bonita. I expected testimony. Um, um, we got to do it differently. Yeah. You don't counsel with the ungodly. You counsel with men and women of God. I expected you to testify today. But that's neither here nor there. We bless God in this place. Y'all can be better than that.
generally wants to work on the deity tour. We pray something we say at our dying in this service today. Uh, that will pierce your heart in a mighty way. I, I pray that, young man, uh, that God moves and continue to make himself known in your life. God says that he's been with you for a long time. He just needs for you to acknowledge him more. And I just hear you saying that I want to hear and I want to see. Mm. I'm not here to read you. A fortune teller reads you. A psychic will read you. A prophet can see you. We bless God. We welcome you to service. We bless God. Father God, we glorify you. We honor you, Jesus. We thank you for another time of worship. We thank you for giving us the opportunity to even come serve in your body, God. Father God, we glorify you and we do honor you because you are an amazing Father. So much has been said and done already that we really could just do the benediction because you've moved by your spirit in this place already. And Sister Amanda, yes, I'm one of those that, that, that jumps and, and rolls around and I, I wanted to run, jump and roll around but I got to contain myself. Because there's a word for God in this place. God, I thank you for standing up every spiritual gift. This place already looks so different than it did seven years ago. The spiritual gifts are, are growing and, and people are, are standing in their positions. And God, I thank you for allowing this to be the place that cultivates spiritual gifts. That you can grow in. If you want God, this is a good place. If you want sound doctrine, this is a good place. If you want a church family that'll walk with you through the storm, this is a good place. If you want to come to a place where you can be loved on and not judged, this is a, a good place. If you want to come to a place where you can learn what thus says the Lord, and your conscience, your own conscience, ought to convict you when you do wrong, this is the place. So God, we thank you for this great place of worship called the Trip Life Christian Ministry. I thank you for every every member and every family that's represented. God, I'm not asking you if you can. You are well able to do everything but fail us. So we thank you. God, we just glorify you and we honor you. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation that's in my heart let them be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, you are my strength and you are my redeemer. And the people of God said, Amen. amen. We bless God. Y'all can be better than that. Amen. amen. We come from 1 Kings chapter number 19. And a lot of y'all have y'all Bibles. Ooh, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see. These young men and women with their Bibles. If you got a pair of Jordans, you ought to have your own Bible. Amen? If we, if we doing all this worldly stuff, you ought to have your own Bible. And it's just good to see that that's, that's our sword and that is our shield. That is our strength. 
So we're going to get some pages turning. First Kings, chapter number 19. Somebody looking at their Bible saying, I'm already marked up. we already been here. And if you have been following along, you're right. You're just right. But there's a continuation. How about that? And what I realized is God has been shifting us. And y'all, those of y'all that have been here for a while, y'all know that God is he was poor, 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 poor. And then I was telling y'all what God said that there's been a shift. The labor is different. If you just go back and listen to our messages, it's been it went from us pouring and it's been pouring. And telling you, no, don't do that. Just like Jeremiah. No, God said, don't do it like that. No, God. And now God is saying, now you're in trouble. But I like the way he does it, Sister Amanda. Because, you know, people say the church judged them, right? Now, if you go back to the messages we've been getting for the past few years, while you still sitting there, what are you eating? I mean, all these messages are making you look at you. And so if you feel convicted and not judged, it's something within you. I love how he does that. Because I know if somebody folks could take me out, I wouldn't be up here today. But too bad. So the guy said, I want them to start looking at themselves. So they can stop lying on the church, uh, Brother Mitch. And I said, okay. He said, well, okay. Because I thought that I was going to be coming from June, St. June. And he said, yeah, that was for you. And it's for another time. But I want you to go back to First Kings. And so y'all know when I talked, get up and eat, it was verses 1 through where your Bible one? One through? One through eight. Somebody paying attention. So today, we're going to start with verse nine, Sister Deidre. It's, it's just so exciting to see how God moves. Now, we know that King Ahab was reigning king. And we know that the Bible says that he was more powerful and more evil than all the kings before him. We've seen a lot of evil that they had done just through the studies. But the Bible says that Ahab went on to marry a Jezebel. We're going to talk about Jezebel today. We're going to step on some toes. Um, and... She used her influence, that's why I tell y'all, to be careful, women, with your influence. She used her influence to do some evil things, but God had already told Israel, don't go marrying these people and connected to these pagan religions. Don't, don't do it, because it's going to be the death of you. But Ahab was one of those that he connected with the enemy. He, he started worshiping the idol gods, and here we are today. So we're going to start with 2 Timothy verses. I'm not going to read all of it for the sake of time. But we are, and I want you to follow along because I want to see if you're listening and with me. 
We're going to start with verse 9. And it reads, And he came thither unto a cave. First uh, Kings 19. I'm sorry, what did I say? First Kings chapter 19, verses 9. Y'all there? And it came thither unto a cave, and he, and lies there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and said unto him, what did it say? What you doing here, Elijah? So this is after he ran for 40 days, remember? Okay. And then the word says in verse 10, and he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, drawn down thy altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword, thy prophets with with the lamp and I, wait, 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 with the sword, and they seek my life to take it away. Jump down to verse 13. And it was so. When Elijah heard it, heard what? He heard the voice of the Lord. And it was, the Bible says on up just a little bit that it was a still voice. It said that when Elijah heard the small still voice, he wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and he stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, what did it say? Elijah, what you doing here? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down the altars, and slain thy prophets. And I'm the only one left. I'm the only good person left. I'm the only prophet still left. But on the way to your seat, we're going to stop right there. Ask somebody, ask yourself, what you doing here? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Uh, the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy and in 2 Timothy when Paul was ministering to a young Timothy. And there were often times when young Timothy felt, Timothy felt intimidated. He felt anxiety, Brother J-Man. He felt like the, the call, the matter of what Brother Stacey, is too big for me. I can't, I can't step up to it. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to say it like that. I don't do it like that. And God is saying, good, good. He said, good. He said, I, I don't need for you to look at it their way and be their way. I just need for you to look at it my way. And so that's when Paul went on to tell Timothy, he said, I did not, God did not give you the spirit of fear. So I'm trying to choke it, but I got it. He said, I, God didn't give you the spirit of, of fear. They're going to make me preach. But of power, of love, and a sound mind. So he's saying that we learned on last week 
when a man, the impotent man, was at the pool for 38 years, it wasn't because God had handicapped him. It's because he handicapped himself with that second thinking. So he sat there and he was impotent because he didn't have power. Okay? And Paul here says that God didn't give us that spirit. And so somebody sitting here and somebody sitting in fear or lack and doubt and you impotent, but I come to speak to the inner you today and pull out their power. Amen. I'm a preacher today. Anyhow. And see, now we're talking about, now we're talking about a prophet. Not just any prophet. One of God's chosen prophets. We're talking about Elijah. How many things have we heard Elijah do? That was just mind-blowing. But then as I read my Bible, verses 17, 18, and 19, you went from power to a cave. This power that God is trying to get us to see is deep down on the inside of you. This power that God is trying to operate us to get us to operate in don't make sense to a corner mind. This power that God is trying to get us to operate in, and baby, I'm glad you got up this week. Because I know the enemy are trying to make you say, I don't feel like it this week. It's inspired whether you feel like it or not. I'm going to go do the work of the Lord. And then when I exercise my spiritual gifts, the devil going to leave me alone. He's going to leave me alone. That's walking in power. But God said, tell them today all they need is a memory. If you go back, and I'm sure some of y'all will when we go home, and that's good, that's a good thing. Go back to the beginning of this chapter. We read it already. But the very first verse, it tells us that Ahab told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done, Brother Mitch. Isn't it something how the enemy can know your worth and you don't even know your worth? God said, tell them all they need is a memory. Tell Elijah, all you got to do is remember how I used you. You were the same one that I used. When, when the widow's husband left her and all that, that debt, and Elijah went to her, God sent him to her and said, what you got in your house? I ain't got no money. All, of, all these people, they talk about taking my boy. Elijah said, what you got in your house? She said, nothing but a few empty cruises. He said, go get them. And she said, I know all of them. He said, go get them anyway. And he said, I'm in shame. Do me another favor. Go to your neighbor. Knock on their door. Don't ask them for no money because they're going to talk about you. I'm going to show you who's talking about you anyway. He said, don't ask them to feed you because they're going to talk about you. Ask 
ask them if they got some leftover oil containers. Give me the empty ones. Oh, she done lost her mind. You just talk the time. Everybody know you broke. They say your husband went out working because if he was working to provide for you, then why he leave that and leave y'all in debt? He probably was with another one. He probably got another family. Honey, you just talk the time. He said, go to that neighbor and get that empty oil containers. She did that. And then Elijah said, now go in and shut your door. And the Lord produced so much oil in those empty containers that couldn't say nobody was tipping in. It was a famine. They couldn't say nobody let a board be in a society then and now that if anybody even give you $2, they want the world to know it. So it wasn't that. Did nobody give her nothing? This was all God. And wasn't nobody going to get the glory but God. That's why he said, go in and shut your door. Somebody need to go in and shut that door. Amen. We already preached that Go in and shut your door. He said, Elijah, you're the same one I used to go with that message to that woman and did not show up. It seemed then that was a severe famine. The Bible said that people were dying left and right, starving to death. See how it don't make sense? Well, I told you it ain't going to make sense. Just do it. Just move. Everybody else cutting each other's throat, talking about what we going to eat. Everybody else trying to go take and rob and bend over backwards to get this and that. He said, you go under the brook. It's the only time you need to go anywhere near a cave. You go under the brook, and I'm going to hide you from this man. And I'm going to send ravens to feed you. During the famine, the Bible said twice he did eat. Twice a day. And it didn't say they bought him no twigs and no nuts and bread, uh, berries. It said that that raven, tweet, 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 brought him some bread and meat twice a day. He would buy the brook. He had all the water he needed. And then God said, Elijah, wasn't it you that I told, okay? It's time to move. This brook didn't dry up, and it did dry up. And he said, now I want you to go to a widow's house. And I want you to just stand back and watch her. By this time, she's going to be gathering some sticks. She's preparing her funeral for her and her son. Said they're going to eat one last meal. I want you to wait. And then approach her the way I tell you to approach her. And the Bible says that Elijah saw the woman and God said, now move. And he moved. And he said, hey, miss, can I have some water? If she had said no, that would have been a death of her. But instead, she said yes. And he said, wait. She was going to get him some water. He said, wait. Why are you going to get the water? Can you make me one of them cakes? She said, wait, wait, wait. Now, Lord, watch how she addressed him. She knew who he was. And it's with a little L, watch your word. He, she said, now, Lord, surely if I had it, I'd give it to you. And he said, oh, yeah, you got it. He said, if you're faith, 
Give me that one first. You'll never want to get And it came to pass that the woman and her son did not starve to get there. That sustained, she had enough to sustain her through a major famine. God must have applied and he provided. And Elijah was right there. And God did great things. Great things. Through the hands of Elijah. This is the same man that's been running. From Jezebel. And the false prophets. Over in verse 17. Chapter number 17 rather. It talks about how. The Lord sent. This prophet to the king, but he just told him how to go again. He said, I want you to go to the king's servant. Now, this king, Ahab, had appointed Obadiah, which we later on read, that he's going to be considered the prophet's help. He, he, that's his servant, if you read on. But in this instance, God wants to show you how he's putting his men and women in position to be a blessing to the kingdom. So this evil king appointed this man that's a man of God to be his governor. See how God will work that thing? He got him in position. You told me about a, a testimony where somebody was in position to bless you. Uh-huh. He thought he was working for him. Obadiah is the one that hid the prophets. He said it was only a hundred real prophets left. Y'all know the word we went over. He said at 50 in this cave and 50 in the other. You hear um, um, Elijah talking about it. But Elijah is saying, it's just only me left. And God said, you got some issues we're going to deal with. But he said, you the one. You the one I told to go to Obadiah. And, and, and tell the king that I've entered. And Obadiah tried to, as, he, as much as he respected Elijah, he said, now Lord, you're going to have to get somebody else to do it. He said, because what you're trying to do is get me killed. He said, you want me to go to King Ahab? This big, bad, mean king and tell him that you're on the scene and the whole country is looking for you? What you're going to do is make the king call me a liar and have me killed. See, God just trying to see if you're going to take the instruction. Elijah said, go tell him, and I'm going to show him myself this evening. The same day, he's going to see who I am. I just need for you to go. And it came to pass. And you know that, that the Lord made a mockery out of Jezebel, Ahab, and all the false prophets. Which leads us to why he was running for his life. He had made the Jezebel and the 850 false prophets so mad. They were cutting themselves and tearing their clothes and begging their God, they false God to answer them. And Elijah was making a mockery. He said, call them louder. Maybe he don't hear you. Maybe he's slick. Maybe you need to light your sage. Maybe you need to rub on your bed. Get your stones. 
And the Bible said that nothing moved for him. This made Jezebel and her, the false prophet real bad. And he said, now you, I'm gonna address you now, Elijah. Did you forget what I've done for you thus far? Why are you running? He said, all you need is a memory. Some of y'all right now, cause the wind blowing a little bit. I don't know how we gonna make it out of this. He said, all you need is a memory. Remember how I brought you out of that thing you didn't think you were gonna make it out of? He said, all you need is a memory. I'm the same God. He said, remember that love you thought that you wouldn't gonna make it over, I'm just gonna die. And 10 years later, you said, what was I think? He said, all you need is a memory. And see, we got to understand what God is doing. He's elevated us. But the, the, the thing about elevation in Christ, he keeps you humble and elevates you at the same time. Thank God for Jesus. Some of y'all waiting right now. But God said he's going to do it. And when God do it, God said, you still ain't ready. He said, because you're waiting for it to get your testimony. He said, if you believe, you'll be shouting out like you're ready. But then you'll be moving in the midst of your family. When you were being fed and were real comfortable, you'll be moving like I told you to. He said, some of them are still not ready. And you're still operating in pride and arrogance. Because you need to know how God gonna do it. And you wanna tell God how he's supposed to do it. And God said, I'm doing it and I've already done it and they won't even acknowledge it. Uh-huh. Yeah, y'all ain't gotta clap, I'm preaching. He said that memory will make you move in confidence. That memory will make you move in power. All you need is a memory. So he said, I want you to walk in that power. He told Elijah, I want you to walk in that power. And then he said, I want you to walk in love. How do you think uh, Elijah was able to do all the things that he was able to do? His love for God. But we got love that love that twisted the church. The church will say, oh, I love you, and be stabbing you at the same time. The church will say, oh, I love you, and be talking about you at the same time. Elijah did love the Lord, Pastor Jimmy. God was in his heart. But watch this. Jezebel got in his head. Her voice became bigger than God. And I'm going to take y'all a little farther. Remember the Bible said that he ran for 40 days. I didn't read Brother Mitch when he was communing with God. He was so busy running. We so busy shaking in our boots. We forget to just drop down and pray. Sit there and wait. Rock if you got to rock. They said Job was just sitting there looking at him. That's what my Bible said. They thought Job had lost his mind. The Bible said he was just sitting there looking at him. 
Sometimes you be so bamboozled, you be like, I'm speechless. I mean, I done seen some evil. I done been in the street. We done been in the street. When you been in the street, you done saw some real evil. The kind that you don't expect to see in the church. So when I see what I've been seeing in the church, this way me and Pastor Jim, sometimes we just be looking. He said, I need for you to operate in the kind of love that says, if you love me, then keep my commands. That's love. Doing what God says now, oh, I love the Lord. The Lord know my heart. We've been studying the heart. That's the problem. The Bible said it's desperately wicked. And if God knows your heart, I'd be ashamed to say it. You know, they be boasting. God knows my heart. I'd be ashamed to say it. It's so wicked and evil. So he said, I want you to operate in love. He said, I'm trying to get rid of all this impotency in the, in the church, in the body. Everybody like this. Coming to church. Like some weather plants. I've got to water my plants a couple of days. What they do? They go to water. Perk up. We got some liver water. Say, what you doing here? Walk in your power. Walk in your love. And then he says, then operate with a sound mind. That's what got a lot of us right there. Not your natural mind, not your corner mind, but a sound mind. Romans 12 and 3 says, I say it all the time, don't think more highly of yourself than you should. But instead, use the sober judgment. Go back and read what Elijah said. First, God sent an angel to him. He pretty much said, God told me to ask you why you, why you what you doing here. And he said, I'm mad at Israel. Just lying. You there because you running from Jezebel. That's the church. Full of narcissists. Narcissistic behavior. The kind that can make you see everybody, they need to do this. Behind the pastor, they said it. And pastor, they ain't doing that. And he said, well, what are you doing? Or what are you not doing? See how God will make you look at yourself without beating you down. Because he keep going back and I'm mad at them because they be on some altars and they were worshiping all the idolized and they turned away from you and I'm the only prophet still standing. And God went on. And the Bible says God passed over the cave. And it said that there was an earthquake. But God went in the earthquake. And then it said it was wind. But God wasn't in the wind. And then it said that there was fire. But 
God went in the fire. But how did he come, Sister Amanda? A small, still voice. Some of y'all come out, wait for God. Yeah, I, I told God this. And I'm waiting for God. I said, I done passed you by. And you waiting on this loud noise and the devil confusing you. Because if God wasn't in it, who was it? That's why some of y'all thinking y'all going to drown. Oh, this it. I don't know how we going to handle it. Y'all think y'all going to drown and it ain't nothing but a little wind. It ain't nothing but a little turbulence. And God ain't even in it. God, I already told you, Hamilton family, I want to be able to trust you with a lot. So I'm going to condition you. He's still going to do it. I ain't no false prophet. He's still going to do it. Over and over again, the guy has told me, tell y'all to do it like this. Do it like that. When I looked at that picture of you sitting in that truck, that was the same image God gave me, but you're going to be in your dump truck. And I ain't scared to say he's still going to do it. And when you get the courage to really, really trust him, it's already in your hands. I'm not a coward. I ain't no false prophet. He's still going to do it when you do it his way. He's still trying to do it our way. We got this many years before we pay this off. And then I can afford to go on and leave. If I leave, then we won't have this bill. He's still going to do it. If, if, if we obey. Brother Patrick, you can go to the doctor when you leave here. And you can let them run all the tests they want to run. They ain't gonna find nothing, but let me just tell you what's going on, because I remember telling y'all some months ago. If you keep connecting to the evil thing, he was gonna allow them to torment you. You can go to the doctor if you want to. But when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you'll go in and you close your door and you live the way you were living when you were hungry and thirsty for God. Get back to that place. And then he's still going to do it. He's promised us all to things. But we pray for God to do it the way we want him to do it. Yeah. I told y'all, I just told y'all some stuff was going to have to happen. Then, then I tell y'all that. I'm telling you, you just witnessing it. Let me just go there. Y'all can, if you want to sit down, you can sit down. I'm going to take my time today. Whoever got the videos, God said until they delete them and get rid of them, they got a curse on their life. Bless God. And see, I told y'all some stuff was going to happen. Because you sat there and you spectated. You, you looked at it and you laughed at it. God said do better because the stuff that he said for your life is still there if you're obeyed. Bless God, he's still going to do it. He's still willing. We can't do it no any kind of way. We can't do it. The jailhouse can't have you. The brain can't have you. Every demonic force that's pulling on you relinquish their right right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Right now you in our territory. And we're going to call you back today. We bless God. Yeah, he's still going to do it. So Elijah, what's this 
recording. She needs to hear this. Yeah, tell her come on in. God sent her here for a reason. Tell her come on, we awake. We awake. We awake. You need to be in here for this word, Sister Courtney. I told him we gonna wait. We gonna wait. Yeah, it get real hard to swallow sometimes. We got to chew this today. And it's in love, amen? But we talking about this man of God that was running for his life. He said, well, that ain't my spirit that's in you. That's got you scared of the devil. But rightfully so. Now let's talk about Jezebel. Some of you men need to hear this because I warned the women. Watch how you operate. Jezebel is a powerful, influential spirit that supports injustice and wrongs. She supports sin. And she's so crafty. She know how to get you to slide back. And he said, God understand that she's a man. It's a lot of men that's praying and want God. And they got these women pulling on them that don't want them to want God. A woman was created with influence. A man was created with authority. We don't need authority if we use our influence right at that right, baby. If I say, baby, my head. My baby gonna do whatever to make my head feel better. Cause that's the kind of influence I got. I don't take that for granted. But you got women that's operating. Let me tell you how you know you're dealing with a Jezebel. Men, if they'll feed you a steak and their children eating hot dogs and, and, and some noodles, you're dealing right. with a Jezebel. All right. All right. A Jezebel want to make sure her house is in line with the word of God. The Bible says that a virtuous woman, when the house is sleeping, she's up making sure the house is okay. was so powerful that we have men walking around with the Jezebel spirit. We wonder why there's so many feminine men. He's been influenced over time by this spirit. It's a strong one. But what God is telling us, we ain't supposed to back down from it. And that's why I tell y'all, I don't think I'm no big bad, bad wolf. But see, I got the word. And I don't break down either. This is my third toy and shield. Yeah, in the natural. I carry a gun. Most of the time, I don't even know what it says. He fuss. He said, you got your weapon. And I be saying, yeah, he be saying, your gun at home. I said, I got my weapon. Let him pray. My weapon go with everybody. But she used her authority. And she used her influence. And do you read where the king was seeking this woman? So really, Jezebel was ruling over Israel. That king went and told Jezebel. What the prophet had done. 
Elijah doing all this stuff, but these people starting to listen to him. God exposed her suddenly. Said that Jezebel prophesied by this time tomorrow, Elijah, as short as I feel, you're going to be dead. I'm reading in my Bible 40 days later. He was running for his life. You don't believe the false prophet. You don't gave her more power in your life. Because she got influence. Wherever her influence is valid. But you done gave her more power in your life than she needs. Some of y'all today has given the enemy too much power in your life. Stand up, get up. And take your power back today. We ain't here to play, I keep telling y'all. I don't think it was even intentional. I'm gonna tell it. You ain't gonna tell it. I thought you were gonna tell it. Got home last Sunday. Had the tire back. Late that evening. Starting to do the book. I unzipped the tire back. You can throw your hands up, you're guilty. And we ain't beating her down. We pulling her out today. But see, the end here. This is what happened. We told y'all what happened. When the enemy see y'all operating in the street, and then see y'all in the church operating, they be saying, them folks a bunch of jokes over here. Ain't no way. I knew it was going to be quiet. Unzip the bag and instantly a, a, a strong smell hit me. I told y'all God was going to start exposing you. I said, Pastor Jim, you smell that? He said, I do. He tried to sell the dope back in the day so he know what it smelled like, too. <laughs> I said, I smell weed. Yes, weed in here. Didn't take long. Went to the tire on the porch. Said, there it is. We will not disrespect this house. You can clap for that. No money and no service bad enough to take what the devil thinks he's gonna dish. This church will never have to go and get from the enemy to support this house. In the name of Jesus. And somebody got their out their mouth on us. Y'all tell a whole story. Let me tell y'all about my pastors. Y'all think they just want some money stuff. They'll give you your ties back. You in trouble when they get it back. They'll call you and tell you what thus says the Lord. And then usually you in trouble then. And it's not us, it's God. But this is that authority. They're going to respect this house. Amen. I'm talking about the devil. And I hold it in. This is going to be a house of worship. If we need God to keep healing us and delivering us and trusting us and elevating us, he's got to be able to trust us. Amen? God don't put more on us than we can bear. He ain't just talking about your burden. You want to be elevated to the next level? What you doing on this level? Can he trust you? 
We're going to walk in power and authority in this house. It's a mighty man and women of God right here. But you're not exercising. And so the gist of this sermon is the Lord saying, Elijah, instead of what you're doing here, Elijah, come out of that cave. You got work to do. Elijah, stop running from the devil. Elijah, stop letting them make you back down. Elijah, remember who I am. You sitting up talking about what Israel doing and ain't doing. What are you doing? You running. I didn't give you that spirit. You see how he'll speak life into you and expose you at the same time? You see how he'll lift you up all at the same time? Sister Courtney, God said, if you really want him, he's here. He said, he's the same God that didn't let you get locked up. Thank God. And I remember when I whispered in your ear when you were praying. Mm -hmm. And God said, you're living it now, right? He said, I'm the same God that can dry that thing up. Just like if you read what he did for Elijah. Let me just go back a little bit. The Bible says that Jezebel and the false prophets, he gave Bill a bull and he gave Elijah a bull. And he told Elijah them, they wrapped it up with a garment that was very flammable. He said, y'all do whatever y'all need to do. And he said, as a matter of fact, he said, I'm going to douse mine with so much water. The Bible said it was so much water that it filled up a little ditch. Mm -hmm. And when Elijah said, y'all call him, y'all got loud. Yeah, he answered. Then nothing happened. But then it said that Elijah said, the God of fire answers by fire. And the Bible said that a fire came from heaven, burned the bullock up, licked up all the water at the ditch, and proved himself to be God. In spite of what you said. If there be any righteous people in here, they'll tell you I ain't never stop praying. I heard everything y'all been saying, God, let me hear it. We never stop praying. We're the same people. They prayed and said, Lord, don't let them babies have to go to prison and visit their mama. Don't let it have to happen. We're the same ones. But God said, just like people did for a he said, if you really want it, he'll dry it up. If, if you really, really want it, he'll dry it up. Do you really want it? take you 
when you were born the size of a coat baby, and your mama had to put you in a shoebox, you were so little, and the enemy didn't take you then. It's reason enough for me to believe it's a call. Oh, Because there's a hunger in him that's tired, but you need to be equally tired. Your influence has kept y'all there longer than even you want to be. Right? God said, if you want to be the you're in the right place to And you are somebody. You are capable. And I keep seeing them seeing you spiritually. And I'm just going to say what I think is slow. This is what the Lord let me hear because he's not. Sometimes you be so advanced that even a corner mind, the highest level of intellect, can't see. Then all this baby ain't slow. He's so gifted that we don't even understand. As a matter of fact, when you think about Jesus, they was all upset. Come on, what the says to you. You stay behind me. That's what they did. That's what they did with Jesus. This is just what the says for me. And I call y'all about to meet y'all because it's different spirits we get in It's a street. And I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you for the street. I'm going to call you. Because, see, you can recognize these spirits. And then the Bible says it's the anointing that can destroy the yoke. And see, that's why. He let us walk these walks and it wasn't for us to stay there. But it's so when we see it coming to church, oh bro, let me just tell you, I know what you're dealing with because I've been there. Amen. I'm gonna call you just stay there. You're not slow. You've been here. And I see you as a little boy doing this. You've been seeing this stuff. And it was to the point that if, even if you were to tell them because they said that you were who you are, you can let them fall in him, baby. It's all right. That's the breaking. If you were to tell them, they tell you, well, go sit down. You don't know what you're talking about. And so you stop seeing what you saw. God wants to awaken that gift of seeing. That's why you said, I want to come see God see you. And it takes another seer to know that you can see. 
and what you've been seeing is real. And I know you saw death for y'all. The Lord showed you that if you don't turn around that you were going to die here. Chapters, 
if I were to tell y'all some of the stuff and the way God told me to move and I didn't question it, I'm just going to be real because people want me to read up there. After God told me and I moved, honey, I'd be having some problems sometimes. And I'd be saying, you want me to do what? Like the Dakota. Step down. He already knew that they were going to try to humiliate her. He already know what they're going to try to do, so he's going to give you the upper hand. If we are obeyed. Amen. Amen. He's transitioning you, Brother Mitch. You got to move. God said a lot of what you've been saying. You've been seeing a legal activity on your job. Can I tell you? It's within the job. And what God is saying is. Now we got somebody, a troublemaker. That's what they are calling you, a troublemaker. When you go against their brain, no, no matter how righteous and how right it may be, you're a troublemaker. God said, go ahead and move. Just move. And not out of fear, not running like Elijah did. But get focused. Because your time is up with that post office. Let's die. Yeah. And it's just what he said. He's conditioning y'all. I know what it looks like now. And I know y'all probably said, oh, Lord, no. every time she say that, we go through something. Actually, you almost out of it. If you got the lesson. Because I remember that time when you said, I ain't got to do that. Am I right? He getting you written down that if when he say go bless this stranger, go do this, go do that, go do that, that you will have the resources. He living for trustees. Bless God. Anybody glad about the word today? church or the leaders and that's another thing they believe the leaders so many people Pastor Jim and he used to greet me he don't greet me like he did they got to tell me to tell somebody something and if it sounds good or felt good they received it if it didn't you know I got to pray about that and they are or they'll go step out and then when the, the turbulence come but you say, God said, I did. But even on your mountaintop experience, you're going to experience elements, okay? Stop letting the world tell you because this is your season, this is your Canaan, that you ain't going to go through nothing. Every level of elevation is a different level of season and elements. Amen? So I don't want to see y'all fretting. And coming in here like we're going to embarrass somebody. Every time we assemble, we're supposed to be celebrating. Because you believe it. They believed. Without faith, 
Without it, faith is believing God. And without it, it's impossible to please God. You got to believe. I got to believe it enough to tell y'all. He said, if it's your if it's your gift to prophesy, he said, do it according to your level of confidence. I gotta live. I'm saying, God, you want me to go tell them people this? And they just shared this with me. He said, yeah. Tell them I say. So we all have work to do. But please believe, I ain't telling y'all nothing to tickle y'all ears, because most of the stuff here lately, what I've been telling y'all hadn't tickled your ears. So you got to know I ain't making it up. Let's celebrate. And I'd like to tell you. I'm going to turn it over to the men. He said, will a man rob God? He said, yet you robbed me. And he said, how so? He said, in your tithe and your offering. He said, bring your full tithe to the storehouse. So there may be meat in my house, says the Lord of hosts. And he said, prove me. Who do you know say, try me? See, when I open up a window of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. That's what God is trying to get you to. You can't pay him. You don't have enough. It's a requirement and it's a test. Now he said if you pass the test, he'll bless you. A window. A window. That'll carry generations. A window to let you be the lender, not the bar. A window. So we bless God. Don't rob him. Don't despise the you give. He said, Well, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. I'm telling you, I'm a living testament. I'm a living testimony. What my tie did. I dated King, I dated King Penn drug dealers. NFL player. I was on, on section 8 in the project. And yeah, they'll take me on a trip and buy me a purse. But wasn't nobody trying to do nothing for me to help me get out of that park that I was in. People that were able. And I, God had me to go to people when I opened that shop down the street. Y'all came to the grand opening. They laughed at me and they laughed at me. And God was saying, buy the equipment. I'm finna do something. And he said, go, and he said, go to your neighbors. He said, go to your family members. And it was around tax time. I said, if everybody just buy me one piece of equipment to help me get in my shop, nobody will help me. And God said, ain't nobody gonna help you. This is what you're gonna have to do. He said, you're gonna have to sow your way out, out of poverty. I sold my way out the projects. I sold my way out for Section 8. I sold my way off welfare. I sold my way at the pig pen. I did. And now God has said some of y'all, he said, I bless you more than you've ever been blessed. And he said, you still got a poverty mindset. He said, that don't belong in the palace. He's trying to take us higher and he's testing us. Ain't nothing to do 
that I did do in this house every month. God bless this house. So I ain't trying to pump and I'm just trying to help you come from where you are. If you sit and tired of being sick and tired, do something different. My life has been better than when I was with the drug dealers, than I was with the NFL player, when I was with all these folks that got money rubbing the elbows and no plenty of doctors and lawyers and all that stuff. Didn't nobody help me, wouldn't nobody help me. But God said, give your way out. We bless God. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word you bless us with today. We thank you, Lord, for everyone that is here today. Father God, I ask you, as we leave your place of worship, I ask you to forgive us, Lord, after our work with you, Lord. Not just do our work with Father. Every day, Lord, every month, every year, Lord, because without you, Lord, we won't never wake up anymore. It's because you, Lord, we have breath to breathe. So, Father God, thank you for this offering. Thank you, Lord, for everyone that gave. Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for everyone that wasn't able to give, but had it on their heart to be willing to give. We ask you to bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. We thank you for your time, Jesus.